You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, life, and coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show. The rapidly growing apartment industry is credited with contributing $1.3 trillion to the U.S. economy each year. Those contributions range from job opportunities to increased sales at local businesses. Here now to explain why apartment living is a major trend that's here to stay are Stephanie Perrier-Helling, president of the National Apartment Association Education Institute, and Jeremy Lawson from Fogelman Management Group. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Jeremy. Hello. Hi. Now, Stephanie, what's behind the trend of the growing number of renters? There are really two driving forces. As we all remember, the housing crisis really challenged how we think of the American dream, so much so that 11 million more people are renting apartment homes today than just a decade ago. And secondly, people are really changing the way they want to live. Um, We are seeing all types of people, millennials, baby boomers, empty nesters, business professionals, Gen Xers, choosing apartment home living as a matter of a lifestyle preference. And they're doing that for a couple of different reasons. Number one, people want more work-life balance. And apartment homes provide that. Um, People want to live, work, and play in the same area. So their preference is they want more walkability, to be closer not only to work, but to entertainment and leisure activities, retail, restaurants. Um, In addition, people are really busy, and we hear that all the time, and they don't want to spend their precious free time mowing the lawn or checking items <laughs> off of the honeydew list. Um, instead, um, they want a worry-free lifestyle. An apartment community living provides that. It's maintenance-free. Um, concierge-level services are provided, 24-hour fitness centers, um, valet dry cleaning and trash pickup, you name it. We provide it, and people are flocking to apartment community living because of that. Yeah, and Stephanie, as you mentioned, this is creating a lot of jobs and a lot of opportunities for local businesses, which I think is a a great reason to um, ride the trend of um, apartments and and having more apartments uh, being available in these centrally located areas. Absolutely. And and Jeremy, um, who who is the typical renter? Well, Jerry, our typical renter still fits that traditional mold that we think about, young and single. Uh, but really, our resident pool is much larger than that. People from all walks of life are renting apartments now, um, and they're doing it by choice. I myself was a homeowner, and now I'm renting for many of the reasons Stephanie just mentioned. Okay, and what does this apartment boom mean in terms of economic impact and jobs? I know that I touched on it a little earlier. Um, but I, I'm just thinking of, you know, the, the shared car services of the world, the coffee shops of the world, the janitorial services of the world. They're all benefiting from this type of uh, economic, economic impact here. 
Yeah, we actually have 38 million residents living in our apartment communities. And these residents contribute $1.3 trillion to the U.S. economy each year for some of the reasons you just mentioned. Um, but we also support 12 million jobs. We have um, jobs in construction. We have jobs in uh, finance and accounting, marketing, trade skills. Um, all across the board, there's something for everyone. And the Department of Labor estimates that 11,000 jobs are being added each year in our industry. And so it can never be a better time to explore uh, your passion and your opportunity in our career. Um, people are usually surprised to learn that our salaries are quite a bit higher than um, comparable industries, too. Well, and that's a key motivator for uh, wanting to pursue a, a job opportunity is the the chance of getting more pay. Um, I'm an HR professional, HR consultant, and I know that that's one of the reasons why people change jobs. So I think you've got a lot of people's attention. They kind of perked up a bit when they heard that you can get a little bit more uh, more income in this industry. And uh, Stephanie, could you tell us a little bit more about those career opportunities within this industry? You bet. So as president of the National Apartment Association Education Institute, um, we are really focused on spreading the word about available opportunities in the industry. Um, and our industry is really based on customer service, teamwork, and variety. And we've got a little something for everyone um, for all levels of experience. And we're seeing a lot of people come to us from uh, retail or the restaurant industry, uh, military veterans and their spouses. It's also a great opportunity for college students, not only while they're in school, but also once they graduate. And people are really happy in this industry, too. As a matter of fact, Forbes ranks property management professionals as second out of the 20 most satisfying jobs in America. So we're passionate about what we do. We love what we do. It's a high calling uh, to make people happy, and we have a lot of fun, too. Nice, nice. And, Stephanie, our audience here um, are looking for employment, but they're also entrepreneurs as well. So could you go into some of the types of roles or services that are under the umbrella of the apartment industry that might get our, our listeners thinking about either jobs to apply for or maybe even businesses to create or to support this, uh, this industry? Sure. Um, in terms of businesses, I mean, a lot of our communities that are in urban city centers have a retail component, so there's a great opportunity to partner with us to offer all sorts of retail um, to those residents. Um, and then in terms of career opportunities, um, we've got positions in leasing, sales, accounting, um, maintenance, um, management, leading teams, um, managing multi-million dollar assets working with asset managers on finding new deals um, and real estate transactions within the industry. So really, it runs the gamut. Um, all different types of opportunities are available. And no prior training is really required. Um, with that being said, at the National Apartment Association Education Institute, we do offer training not only for people who are new to the industry, um, but also to help people continue to grow in their career by providing continuing education. Um, on our website, rpncareers.org, um, we do offer a career launcher program, which matches job candidates with available job opportunities, provides free on-the-job training, and can lead to a very successful long-term career in the industry. 
Awesome. And uh, what kind of training would someone get um, in order to enter the industry? And what are some of the types of programs that someone might find on the website? Sure. We do have credentialing programs for leasing professionals, um, for management professionals, for um, portfolio supervisors, and for maintenance professionals. So really for every position, there is available training, and people can learn more about that on rpmcareers.org. Awesome. And Stephanie, I see that you reside in Austin, Texas. Uh, what's the apartment industry outlook like in your neck of the woods? You know, real estate is always great in Texas, regardless <laughs> of the real estate cycle. But really, we're seeing across the country just um, a huge boom. It's a, it's a great time for us, and people always need homes. So we're happy to provide them. Awesome. And we're about to bring this to a close here, but I'll start with Jeremy and then in land it with you, Stephanie. Are there any final parting thoughts that you all would like to share with our listening audience? You know, the thing that I think about, again, is um, I said it earlier, we have 11,000 jobs that we add every year, and there's a shortage of apartments, too. So we're going to continue to build apartments and look for those talented individuals. So I would hop on to rpmcareers.org. You can connect with me as an ambassador along with many other people and, and find where your passion is. Thanks, Jeremy. What about you, Stephanie? Um, I would just add that, you know, I've been in the industry 25 years. I started out as a college student. I sort of fell into it. Um, I didn't plan it, but it has been an, an amazing opportunity, and we look forward to matching other career professionals with a position in the industry. So please visit rpmcareers.org. Wonderful. We'll include that link in our show notes, and thanks for taking time out of your busy day to speak with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. My pleasure. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for joining the Business Life and Coffee podcast. We are climbing up with another episode here. We're close to 100. And I wanted to circle back on the conversation of real estate investing. I know that we recently had a former NFL cheerleader, Brittany Rose, who was involved in real estate. Um, and I wanted to drill deeper on the issue and get more people fired up about real estate. So we are joined today by Whitney Nicely, who went from no investments or strategies to building up a portfolio of 19 houses, 19 apartment units, and seven chunks of land in less than three years, all bringing monthly money to her bank account on autopilot. And now you're probably thinking, wow, this person, she's a really big deal. And yes, she is. She is the, <laughs> the, the principal broker for Whitney Buys Houses, LLC. And you can actually check out her website. Uh, it's simply her name, www.whitneynicely.com. And search around there and join her Facebook group. But without further ado, Whitney, thanks for joining, and I'm really looking forward to us 
uh, learning more about you, your entrepreneurial journey, and how to get involved in real estate investing. All right. Sounds awesome. Awesome. So where in the world are you located? I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's home sweet home to me. No, I won't sing Rocky Top, but um, <laughs> I, I do have blood that runs orange. Yeah. So I'm a ball girl. Okay, okay. And one of my favorite podcasters, financial experts, Dave Ramsey, he's also a, a, mm. a Tennessee guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he and I like the uh, no banks, no money strategy. Oh, wow. Okay, well, let's let's talk about that. No banks, no money. What does that mean for our listening audience? So I focus on lease options, which is a really fancy rental agreement with the option to purchase it, purchase the house in a certain amount of time uh, at a price agreed upon today. So a lease option is really just a really fancy rental with a purchase and sale contract built into it. Okay, so you're building your portfolio by renting the houses first, but locking in a sale price, and then once you get to a point where you're able to either pay for the home or negotiate a loan, I, how, how does it how does that work? How does it work? Absolutely. So that's what I do on the seller side. Is I find people that have houses they just don't want anymore, and the best people for a lease option are people who are tired of being landlords or they inherited a property that they just don't want. You know, if you grew up in Timbuktu and you moved off to Florida or California or somewhere fancy, you're not going to come back when mom and daddy die and move into your old childhood house. You're just going to get rid of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I find people like that and I, I can either send them a bunch of money every month uh, and rent it. Or I'll make them, you know, a really lowball offer on it, and then they usually take me up on my monthly payment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is what I want. Okay. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't want to cash them out. Yeah, yeah. You want the, uh, you want the uh, monthly because that helps with, with uh, financing down the road. Absolutely. And then, and then on the other side of it, I have tenant buyers, and they give me a whole bunch of money to move into these houses. Maybe. Uh, five, ten, fifteen thousand to move into this house. I've had a lady give me forty thousand dollars on a hundred thousand dollar house, and then she left in six months. Wow! So that... um, you know, there's a lot of money in this too. But on the tenant buyer side, I really try to find somebody that is going to get a mortgage themselves. I am not trying to get a mortgage. I work it out with my sellers that I have five or ten years to pay them off. And planning on one of my tenant buyers in those five or ten years getting a mortgage themselves to pay off my seller and pay me off as well. Okay. And I know that um, you've got the Whitney's REI Rockstar program, which is a, a, mm -hmm. a training for people to learn how to become real estate rock stars and um, amass properties and, and houses and mm -hmm. land. What are some of the um, first best steps that people can take and what is your what is your pitch for why people should invest in in real estate well most people I talk to I mean there's like 95% of people think feel and want to become an investor they want to be a landlord they want to be a real estate investor at some point in their life but most people are like brainwashed honestly to think that it takes a lot of money or it's going to take a lot of time or it's going to take a lot of energy and that's not true real estate is not complicated at all 
And I really try to break it down into bite-sized chunks so that everybody, you know, as we go through a lesson, I want you to have, you know, two or three or eight light bulb moments like, oh, 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 that's how, okay, good. You know, like um, when I do workshops, my favorite part of the workshops is seeing everybody's light bulbs go off when I'm teaching different strategies, uh, when we're role playing with what sellers are going to say or what some of their objections might be. Uh, and, you know, how we can all turn that into a deal because there's, there's, oh gosh, there's so many deals out there that I, I can't buy them all. That's why I started coaching. I cannot <laughs> buy all these houses. Uh, so I, I train other people so they can go out and create their own financial freedom, you know, with my strategies. Nice. And, and Whitney, I know that you're located in the Tennessee, the Lone Star State, right? The Lone Star State. Um, no, that's Texas. Oh, you know what? That is Texas. I'm a Texas guy, so that's why that was top of mind. Um, the volunteer yeah. state. Volunteer state. Um, yes, 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 yes. Yes. So you're in the volunteer state. Are you acquiring properties outside of Tennessee? And, and what's your strategy or approach to getting property away from where you live? I really like to buy in my backyard. Okay. I just... I mean, it's like when you get a new toy, you want to play with it. And that's why when I teach my students, I really want them to buy in their backyard because it's fun. You want to drive your mom by, you want to drive your husband by, you want to take the kids by and say, look what I bought. You know, it, it's more fun to play with if it's close. But a lot of my students are in California or in Texas, and we just can't find any deals there. Yeah. So they are buying elsewhere maybe where they came from maybe you know in Timbuktu yep. they're buying there yep. um, but wherever we can get the deals wherever the money is going to flow faster <laughs> yeah. that's where I want you to be investing I my husband lives in Georgia so I am starting to buy some stuff in Georgia mm -hmm. and I would like uh, you know a beach house yep. anywhere you know probably on the Gulf side of Florida so maybe next year I'll get into buying in Florida too that's awesome. Well, we'll have you back on the show, and you can walk us through how that process went. Okay. Yeah. We were in Florida last week, and I called three or four FISBOs for sell-by owners and made some appointments and went and looked at houses, so I'm already getting the itch. I'm already looking for those <laughs> off-market you know, deals. And that's another thing is all the houses that I buy are off-market. I'm a broker. And I just don't like dealing with the MLS and all that competition. So when I teach people how to buy these houses, I can fluff out a deal where nobody else saw or thought there was a deal. Just from the way I teach people to present themselves and present their solutions to the seller problems. So what are, what are some of those solutions that we might not be thinking about but are just top of mind for you? So I, I talk about uh, bridge people a lot. So when you graduate college, uh, you know, you get a job, you go out, you buy a two-bedroom, one bath, you get a dog, it's all good until, you know, you get married and you have kids and now we need a three-two. So we go out and buy another one, but we keep the old one and just rent it out because we got a buddy that, you know, needs a place to stay. And then, you know, later on the parents move in or, you know, we got more kids and more dogs and a couple cats and we need a, a four-bedroom, three-bath with the more car garage or whatever. But we still have the first two kind of in our bridge, you know. It's been our bridge through life. Mm -hmm. And suddenly one day we wake up and one of the tenants moved out and they, you know, destroyed the house and, you know, our parents have things that they want us to do. Our kids are in ball and dance and, uh, you know, we're climbing the corporate ladder and, 
the straw that broke the camel's back was that tenant that moved out. And so, you know, we still have a mortgage on it because we haven't paid it off over the 30 years. But it's just easier to make that $500 a month payment than to deal with fixing the house and putting another tenant in it and all that other stuff. So that's where I come through and I'm like, you know what? Don't worry about that $500. I'll start making that for you in three months. And I'll put somebody in it, and I'll take care of it. You won't have to worry about a thing. Um, you, there's no you know, hoops or hurdles to jump over. I'm just going to make this whole process as smooth as silk. And people are so relieved that there's people like me out there that can just take this problem away from them. Wow, yeah. So you're a, you're a problem solver, and you are a profit master because you're, you're making it work for, <laughs> for both sides. That's awesome. I'm a real estate matchmaker, for sure. I find people that have houses they don't want, and I find people who want to get into these houses, but they're not pretty enough on paper to go get a mortgage right now, but in a year or two, they will be. So, Whitney, I need to know when you're getting your HDTV show so I can watch it. <laughs> I am not allowed to say. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, pi- we'll pivot from there. We'll put a pin in that and pivot. Um, so for our listeners, I mean, you're firing me up. I'm sure you're firing folks that are listening either in the car or at work, but what are, what are some of the common myths that, uh, that, that you hear in class, um, that you'd like to dispel for our listening audience today? So at the last workshop, two of the guys there told me that they were afraid they would get into a house and lose a whole bunch of money in it. And so the thing that I, I kind of was able to sort out there is if you're not putting $100,000 into a house, you don't have $100,000 to lose in that house, right? And if you don't have $100,000 to get started anyway, that's totally fine. We're going to find people that have money. You don't need the money, and you don't need it right now. What you need is to know that you have time on your side. And, you know, if you buy a house, most people are also afraid, you know, what if I buy a house and it's got a bad foundation? Right? What if it does? It's not the end of the world. Nobody, no, nobody's, you know, going to cry themselves to sleep over a bad foundation. You just move on. And most of the time, the houses that I buy are completely fine. They're pretty houses. They're not run down and ragged. They don't need a full rehab. They just need, you know, maybe a lipstick on a pig. Maybe they need new carpet in a bedroom or they need granite countertops. But they don't need a full gut job and a $100,000 flip. So, you know, that's the thing. Don't worry about what you might come across because you're probably going to never come across that. Or if you do, you're going to say, no, thanks. I don't want this. You can say no. I, I don't like it. I don't like that word, but yep. you can say it. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it sounds like people are assuming that they don't have power um, or control in yeah. the deal, which I guess couldn't be further from the truth. It, it's not. And, you know, another thing that people always kind of struggle with is I only buy empty houses because when a woman. Uh, Sarah Robertson said that women and ducks are a lot alike. They don't like having their butts wet and they don't like being dirty. (laughs) But when a woman is living in a house, she's kind of like a duck. 
All right. She's okay. nested in there. She's made it her own. She's decorated it. She loves it. She's having baby showers there. She's, uh, you know, living there. She's sending Christmas cards at this address. Like she's taking some serious pride in this home. Mm-hmm. But when she's gone and she's found another place to nest and this home just becomes a house and it's just a thing and it's not like where she's living and breathing, it's so much easier to negotiate a deal, it's so much easier to show it, it's so much easier to buy it, it's easier to have your contractors come in if you do need to do something. So I only deal with empty houses. And there's there's enough empty houses in America that every homeless person could have two. Yeah. So why people are fighting over houses and fighting over deals and people are in the house, I, I don't know. It's so much easier to deal with an empty house than one that somebody's living in. And a lot of times, uh, one of the houses that I bought there was somebody actually living in the house, but the people that owned it, the lady had a best friend. They were in Sunday school. You know, they grew up together, whatever. So her best friend's daughter was renting the house. But then, you know, she stopped paying her rent, and my seller couldn't kick her out because she was practically family. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't getting any money. And that's not why you buy houses. (laughs) You don't buy houses, you know, so people can live in them for free. You buy them so you can make some money. Right. But she couldn't ruin that relationship. So I bought the house and I kicked the kid out Mm -hmm. because I don't care. Yeah. You know, so she got to save face and I got to pick up a house that was technically rented, but not economically rented. Yeah. It was. (laughs) And uh, I got to start making money on it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well. Tell us about a deal that uh, that went extremely smooth, and then tell us one where it was more challenging, but but it was still satisfying to to finalize it. So my very first deal in lease options, I found a couple who had moved into their retirement home, and suddenly, unexpectedly, their daughter came home and she was pregnant, and this house wasn't big enough for four people, so they were under a time crunch. It was a beautiful house. They'd only had it for like less than a year and they just needed to go. They needed a bigger house. So I told them that I would take over their payments, you know, starting in three months and they could go on and move on and do whatever they needed to do. And I would take care of the house for the next, you know, five years. Then, so they were actually living in the house, but I told them they had a week to get out. Like I used to kick people out of their houses. I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. There's empty houses and you can buy those. But I was new. It was my first deal. I didn't know what I was doing exactly yet. So I kicked them out, and they left. So two weeks after they left, I had a couple that came down from Chicago, looked at the house, and said they'd take it. And they were going to pay me $1,000 a month, and they were going to rent it with option to purchase, lease option, until their house in Chicago sold. And this was in, like, March. So they paid me three months' rent in advance. All right? They gave me $3,000 that day, and then... They called me the next day and said, hey, we got a contract on our house. We think it's going to sell in May. And I was like, okay, well, if it doesn't, you can still rent this one until whenever. Mm-hmm. Well, their house did sell in May, and they cashed me out. I got a check at 13000 I didn't have a payment due until um, June, but they cashed me out in May. Mm-hmm. So I had two months of rent, and I didn't have a payment. And I got 13000 I made almost $16,000, right over $15,000 on my very first deal doing lease options. Wow. 
that's got to be quite an encouraging start for you. It was awesome. <laughs> and I'd, I'd been to, you know, there's all sorts of seminars and traveling cattle calls, and they try to get people hooked on no money, no credit, blah, blah, blah. I'd been to that, and I'd paid $15,000 for a mentor mm-hmm. to teach me how to do this stuff. And so I got my mentoring money back in two months on my very first deal. So I had four months, and we did another 10 deals, and I was rocking and rolling. Wow. So those traveling cow calls, as you say, would you recommend people to attend those? No. No? Why not? No, no. Because I spent $15,000 on a mentor that I could only talk to for an hour a week. They wouldn't answer my emails. I couldn't get a hold of them in the meantime. There was no group interaction. There was no ongoing education. It was just one hour a week. It wasn't even recorded. So if I didn't like take a bunch of notes and fully understand stuff, I was sunk for the rest of the week. So what I do with my one-on-one students is we record it and I know they go back and listen to it because they'll tell me the next week. It didn't really make sense when you said it that time, but I listened to our call three different times yeah. and it made sense. And then I went and did it with my seller and I got the deal. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, the other thing is, you know, I've got videos and worksheets and I do, <laughs> I know you joined my Facebook group and I'm in there every day doing at least one live stream. Um, I also do a live stream on just straight content for my students almost every day. So I am continually pumping new information out to them to keep them motivated, keep them going, keep them with their eye on the prize to get the deals done. Great. And the people that are listening now, if you want to request to join Whitney's Facebook group, it's called Become a Real Estate Rockstar with Whitney Nicely. And we'll add a link to it in the show notes, um, but you can just search it in Facebook and then it'll pop up and you can request to join. Um, So that'll be a great way for you to learn more about Whitney, learn more about her company, about her strategies, and for you to become one of her students and sign up for her course and get a whole bunch of homes in your (laughs) backyard. That's right. Now, There's tons of deals out there. Tons of deals, um, but some people might feel that they don't have the money. I mean, we're in an age where student loan debts are high, credit card debts are high. A lot of people are even um, in apartments because they can't afford their own home. Um, what What are some of the uh, ways that you can get past the barrier of not having access to capital right now? Without You don't have to go into too much detail necessarily, but just to, I guess, if that is a myth um, that you need money to start, what what would you typically tell a a first-time student? I mean, same as these two house examples I told you. Neither one of these sellers pulled my credit. Neither one of these sellers wanted a W-2 from me. They just wanted to know that I was going to take over their payments and start sending them money every month. They didn't want all that other stuff. See, the banks want that other stuff. The banks, the government, they're the ones that created this three-digit credit score number so that they can control us. That's their way of keeping us under their thumb. And it's kind of like the credit situation really gets me fired up but it's the adult equivalent of your mom saying you know what you're in trouble go sit in the corner and you can pay your way out of time out to go play with other good kids yeah that's so true and i always i have the gripe of why is it 
why is it that people that need money the most are penalized the most and have the worst rates? Um, that's a it whole... keeps them poor. <laughs> it keeps them broke, busted, and disgusted. It keeps yeah. our hierarchy intact, yeah. and you just don't need it. That's what Dave talks about all the time, too. Yeah. It's, it's complete crap. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so, you don't need credit. You don't need a bunch of money. Uh, the way I teach you, you know, you got three months before you make your first payment. We'll have people throwing money at you, and they will make your payment for you. Well, you've sold me on the class, and I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, you know, I, I talk with my wife about getting into real estate, and uh, I'm going to take your course. We'll, we'll probably take it together and just learn some tips so that we can invest. And we're, we're in Baltimore area, so... Between Baltimore, Perfect. between some of the local metros here, there is a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of vacant houses, um, houses we can drive by, see and touch, and show off to our friends, so uh, friends and family. So definitely going to do the course there. And um, You also mentioned, though, uh, people living in apartments yeah. and they want their first house. This is an awesome way to get into your first house and then become your own bridge so that you move into a house. Maybe it does need a little bit of work. But you've got five or ten years uh, where you're not hooked to the bank. You're hooked to a seller, and you can make those improvements as you live there. And then when you go find another one, you just move on if that's what your goal is. If, you know, but if you're living in an apartment and you've got kids and you don't want to be moving around the countryside every six months, it's totally fine to become an investor while you stay in your apartment. Like I, I rented a house from my mom for nine years. I, did, I bought 50-something houses while I stayed in my one house. And then when I did find my dream home, we put it on a lease option and then moved into it. Nice. Like this works on primary houses and investments all over the country. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, well, um, I know we're gonna land the plane soon here, but do you have any parting thoughts to share with our listening audience? And also, could you tell us a little bit about how you got into this, uh, into real estate investing? I, my mom has always been a real estate investor, but she just kind of would throw some money at it and maybe eventually she'd get her money back. Like she was just, you know, throwing spaghetti on the wall. Yeah. And I needed like facts. I needed formulas. I needed strategies. I needed something to go on. And I also looked around. I'm a millennial. And I looked around and everybody that was a landlord was like old <laughs> and dying. And so what I thought was, I could start buying these houses and creating my own inheritance while these people were still alive. And then when I started buying houses, I started buying my friends' inheritance because they just weren't interested in real estate, and I was. And so their parents are calling me, we're hanging out, we're going to dinner, and boom, I bought their inheritance. I bought nice. their house. I bought their parents, you know, whatever. Nice. And that, that's a good way to get started and get going, too. So you've got to look at it and see the long-term plan. But it's not a corporate strategy where you're waiting your time and climbing up the ladder and whining and begging. And No, you can jump to become an investor now. You don't have to wait until you're retired or when you're, you know, old or, you know, you don't have to wait that long. Go ahead and start doing it now so that you can retire sooner. I mean, I'm 32 and I'm retired. <laughs> retired with, with your dream home. That's, uh, that's very inspiring. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, you can do it at, there's a, that quote, you know, work, work now so that you can live the rest of your life, work like no one else. So you can live the rest of your life like no one else. Yep. I did that yeah. for two, two years. I worked my tail off for two years 
and now I got 32 until I die to kick it. Sounds cool. Or coach Sounds or travel or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're in a position where you get to do what you love and you're able to monetize what you love. And what better mm -hmm. place to be either in retirement or when you're working, you know, when you found your sweet spot and you're able to monetize your sweet spot. That's awesome. Exactly. That's wonderful. Well, Whitney, how can people find you online and where should they contact you uh, to sign up for your course? Uh, go to WhitneyNicely.com. There's a lot of stuff there. Um, but if you go to WhitneyNicely.com slash group, that'll put you into the group. I do lots of trainings in there. And next time I have the opportunity to sign up for my course, you'll know about it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Whitney, for joining the Business Life and Coffee podcast. Truly, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, I'll be keeping my eyes out for, uh, for that TV show in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's been fun. All right. My pleasure. Take care, Whitney. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLC Moments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com and our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.